and listening to God. Does anyone have the answer? Why would Jonah be angry that God was happy? What you're struggling with with could be so profound. As Matthew says, if your light is darkness, how great is your darkness? We see Jonah here struggling. God has said, these people changed. It was, they were evil, they were Syrians, they were, they were people that were for years had been battling Israel. And they changed. They accepted what Jonah said, and, and God was pleased with this, and Jonah was not. What's going on here? And, and look, look what we're reading at. We're not reading at the beginning of Jonah here, are we? We're reading at the last chapter of Jonah, only four chapters. And Jonah was just a chapter before in what? A whale for being disobedient. He's praising God in a whale, worshiping God in a whale. And yet, he's back. in a struggling state. So I ask you, your mental state, though it could be high, does it find itself back to the low? Though it's okay and I feel great and everything's good, bills are, uh, bills are paid, children are healthy, family's good, got a roof over my head, praise Jesus, hallelujah, so happy, opportunities, but how far is your low away from you? Until we start making our lows higher and praising God in them, saying, God, I know this is just a moment. I want to praise you in the valley because I want to praise you on the mountaintop. But we see Jonah here, and he's not happy. Verse 2. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my sin? It was yet in my country. When you asked me to come here, didn't I say this? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art gracious. You, thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And repent thee of the evil. Verse 3. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Brothers and sisters, where is Jonah at mentally? He would rather die than see his enemies Receive mercy from God. I mean, some of us, we allow some things to take us into these deep places that we slowly start to die. For him to verbally say, say this, 
that he'd rather not live. Where are you at? Where are you at in your mindset? Have what is what's temporary in your life consume you to where you would rather accept death instead of working through what the challenge is? You'd rather run, Jonah? You have any runners here? And I ask you that in, in all sincerity. When the spirit is this quiet and this and this low, is there runners here? You might not have the mercy that Jonah had. You've got to find it within yourself to accept the things that God is saying to you through the word of God and remove things that don't want to move in you. If something does not want to move in you, speak to it daily until it moves. Tell it to move. Jesus has given you a name above all names to speak to things. And you have the power to say his name in these things. You see, but Jonah, Jonah, Jonah was too close to him. And sometimes that happens, unfortunately, for us, is that we were so close to him that we don't see his great power, that Jonah couldn't understand that God was merciful just, just days before was merciful to him. His mercy is great. Jonah said everything, knew everything, but yet was in this funk. You get in this funk. And Jonah was going to be the only one that could get out of it because God's like, you know, Jonah, I don't get what's going on here. You know, you get on a ship, you go the opposite direction. They throw you off the ship. You couldn't even jump off the ship. Do you, do you, do you understand what kind of funk Jonah's in? Let's talk, about the, let's talk about funk right now. You know what funk is? This is funk. Okay? Listen what kind of funk Jonah's in. Jonah gets on a ship, goes opposite direction, storms start to happen. What does he do? He goes to sleep. Okay? This is what happens when your mental state's horrible. You just choose, I'm just going to lie down for a little bit. As everything's going south, I'm going to lie down. The storms start to come. Everybody starts to throw things off their ship. Their values, the reason they're on a boat, they're throwing it off. Why are they throwing their valuables away? Because of Jonah. And Jonah's asleep. Right? So they wake up Jonah. Listen to this because some of you guys are asleep and you need to wake up. But guess what? When you wake up, look at Jonah wakes up and he's like, what's going on, guys? Uh, This is all happening here. Oh, it's because of me. Well, they cast lots, and they find out it's because of him. And guess what? He can't even throw himself off the boat. He says, I need you guys to throw me off the boat. Read it. Four chapters. Because when you're mentally out of it, you have to ask others to do what you should have done. And to me, that's powerful. He's a grown man. They're all grown men. They're all here to do is get at the edge of the boat and jump. And he says, I can't do it. Because when you're struggling, you can't even do what you need to do. So Jonah's a mess already. 
And what's amazing, and we know this, and, it's, and we've heard it before, but what's amazing is that God knew that he was a mess when he asked him to go. You know, how about we say it like this? God knew Jonah was a mess before Jonah was born. Because if you want to get scientifically about this, you have a fish that's grown. You have a fish that's, that's, that's grown through the years. That while Jonah was running as a child, this fish was growing. And when the animals pay attention more to God, when the animals have more purpose than humans do, then we see this fish swimming up to Jonah. And we keep on reading here in Jonah 4. 4, it says, Then said the Lord, Dost thou well to be angry? Look, I mean, I mean, for you to have a conversation with God, but if for you to, to, to question God's happiness for something that he's done that's good and then, and then just not accept the mercy that he's shown you and, and accept the mercy that he's shown to everyone else, God's asking him, do you, should you really be angry now? What a merciful God. I mean, because our God is good. Our God is faithful. Having this conversation with Jonah, and we see here, and he says, should you be angry verse 5 so Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city you see look Jonah isn't happy he's not happy that God has put out the, put out the olive branch of peace. He wanted to see these people destroyed. They should just be destroyed for what they've done to our people. God should not show mercy to these people. And that's our problem sometimes is that our mind isn't like God's mind. Our forgiveness and our mercy isn't like God's forgiveness and mercy. And it's a dangerous place to be at, brothers and sisters, when we start to divide the line in things and we start to become the judge and jury and executioner at times. This is where it's so important for us to, 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 to be quiet and to, and, to, and to pray and say, God, if I'm, I, I, I don't think I should be feeling this, God, because this isn't what you would do. This isn't what you would feel, God. You wouldn't want this type of action, God. Why am I doing this, God? Before you rock yourself to sleep and your ship starts to go down. See, Jonah didn't want to do that. Jonah ran until God vomited him on the beach of where he needed to be at. And you see right here, we keep on reading here. It says, so Jonah went out, right, sat outside the city to see what happened. Verse 6. And the Lord God prepared a gourd. So the Lord, being as merciful as he is, starts to prepare a plant. Wherever Jonah's at, he starts to prepare a plant. And made it come up over Jonah that it might be shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So listen to that. 
First of all, Jonah disobeys because of his mental state, right? Jonah almost takes down a ship, could care less about the people, falls asleep. Jonah gets swallowed up by a whale, finally recognizes, oh, wait a second, God has something for me, I'm going to praise God. Gets spit up on a beach where he should have been at. Questions God. He questions him as he saw God was happy in these things. And what does God do? Man, Jonah's just receiving mercy all over the place. God puts a plant in the ground, and that plant grows to where it starts to cover him from the sun. And then we see here, Jonah's sadness and anger goes from that to being happy for what? The plant. It's pretty specific here. It's not being happy that God, you know, saying, God, I'm sorry. No, no, I don't see repenting. I don't say, God, you are faithful. I'm sorry. You know, you put this over me. You've been good. No, no, he's happy that a plant, a shade has come over him. And we see here, verse 7, but God prepared a worm. When the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd, that it withered. Verse 8. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a venomous east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished again in himself to die and said it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for that which thou hast not labored, neither made it, made it its grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. Listen to this, brothers and sisters, what God is saying here. You had mercy for this plant. You had, you know, you were angry about this plant dying. This plant that just came quickly and left quickly. But you haven't accepted my forgiveness for these people. This people that have been here, this people, this is, he's given an example of humanity to a plant. Your perspective is off here, Jonah. That you see that these people are changing, but yet you still cared about something that came so quickly and you're angry because it's gone, but you're missing something here. We we read in verse 11, and should not I spare Nineveh? That great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. We see here that God gives the example of his mercy and how Jonah's perspective is off. And it ends. We don't hear how Jonah ended up. We don't hear if he changed his mind, if he came.
why? Why the why why the struggle? Who here has struggled like that? Who who's mentally struggling like Jonah? Who needs the revelation from God in in their life? Who 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 is the tribulation and, and struggles aren't enough to correct some of the things that we are holding deep within. This is, I don't know. I don't know the story of Jonah to say that uh, maybe he had an altercation with somebody. Maybe something happened to him in his life. Maybe he saw somebody, a close one die or something. But there was something there that was not allowing him to let go and let God do his will. And we see this part and God is so merciful and so gracious and so loving as he is to us as he shows by him holding off his coming because so more have the opportunity to come to him. This is why, you know, we see God's mercy. We turn to Romans 8, 5. For they are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, brothers and sisters, there's a great battle that we have every morning when we wake up. We wake up and we start to look with our eyes. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't feel so happy with things. Sometimes we look at things around us and things that could be falling apart and aren't happy with things. But we still have a job to do of controlling our thought, of praising God, of glorifying God, knowing that God is not finished. If God put it in you, in your mind, that he was going to do something, he's going to do it. If God has told you something, he wants to see how you wake up in the mornings and how you believe that day can be different. Some of us wake up with a same mindset, a mindset that's still there, something that's, we're having a difficult time to change because we allow too many things that have controlled our mind in the past to still come to us. Conversations. Conversations that will bring you back down and not raise you up. Our conversations have to change and our perspective has to change and our purpose has to be a purpose desire to do God's will. But when we talk carnally, then we act carnally. When we talk of the things of the flesh, then our flesh starts to rule over us. And it's beautiful when you're in the spirit. It's beautiful when you do that. You don't put so much emphasis on the me, on the selfishness. I tell you one thing, there could be an easy gauge for you on where you're at. 
or where your mind's at is how much of your mind is you. How much your mind is about you. Because when your mind is spiritually speaking, you're thinking of those that are in need of God. You're putting people ahead of you. The term selfless replaces selfishness. And this is where God wants to find us at, at the state that he was at. Where being a king, being a lord, he saw it not to compare to these things, but sacrificed himself for us. So if our mind is of the things of the flesh, then it only has a mindset of death. But when we start to focus on the spiritual things, when we wake up with purpose, when we have a desire to search for things, we say, God, speak to my heart. God, speak to me, Jesus. I want you to speak to me, Lord. I want you to tell me, God, because right now I'm struggling with these, these thoughts, these things that keep on coming back to me, God. I'm not seeing myself the way you see me, God. That's a struggle here. There's a thirst struggle here, and we see, you know, God finding the woman by the well. It's a great example of what it is to be thirsty. And you see, we, we, we haven't been quenched by God when we keep on wanting, go, wanting to go to the well of the world and the desire of the things of the world, starting to accept what God is putting in our lives. Amen. Colossians 3, 2. Set your affections on the things above, not on the things of earth. Now, brothers and sisters, I mean, if we could just have some real people here tonight, is anybody going to be real here tonight? Does anybody want to be real tonight? Oh, come on, that's, really, that's your, your, your shout of, I want to be real, like, you know, just a little, a little beep, I mean, is that what it's going to be? Because if you want to be real tonight, then you got to say, am I putting my eyes on the things above, or am I being pulled down to the things? Oh, you don't want to hear it. See, that's why I'm looking for real people. Because real people are going to say, you know what, brother? I am looking too much at the things here. And I'm able to soar where God wants to take me to and where God wants to take my family to because I keep on getting distracted on the things here. You see, Paul said this here. To, again, people. They were so focused on what was around them. Paul's up. You got to look up. You got to look up. You're going to find what's worthy up. You're going to find what's going to save you and save your family up. But you're too busy looking down. You're too busy, Jonah, putting your head on the pillow and falling asleep when everything around you is falling apart. Wake up, Jonah. 
The thing is that we don't have this confidence in ourselves knowing that God is in us. And if we haven't been able to do it up to now, it's because we haven't done it with God in us. This power is in you. This power is prepared to work through you. But like Jonah, we close our eyes and just let the boat rock, tear itself apart. Oh, I don't know who God's talking to tonight, but I wish somebody would just shout praise saying, yeah, this is, this is what I've been going through. This is what, what I need. I just wish that we'd be real sometimes and feel it, brothers and sisters, because sometimes you don't know what's going on as the word of God is being preached. But the mental state of our walk with Christ is so important. It could, it could chain you down. Isaiah 26.3. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted, he trusteth in thee. Oh, where does peace, where does peace come from? Where does peace come from? Trusting in him. Oh, man, you don't want to hear it. See, because you think peace is in 401Ks and, and having a savings account. Peace isn't trusting in him. Oh, you think so much, but trusting in him is where you're going to find your peace. It's not trusting in other things. It's trusting in him. I love it. I lo- I lo- I've always loved how this, this says it in Spanish. Tú le guardarás en completa paz cuyo pensamiento en ti persevera Porque en ti se ha confiado. You you see, brothers and sisters, this is the mental state. You've got to decide. You've got to decide and make a decision that enough's enough at where you're at, Jonah. Enough's enough. You've got to start to decide that I want to, I want to, um, I want to fulfill God's purpose in me. If God tells me to do something, I want to do it. If the word of God is shaping me, I want it to shape me. I don't want to run from it, Jonah. I want to run to it. For people that understand these things, Examples in the Bible, they fell in love with God's love and correction for them. See, Paul, great example of someone that was afflicted, chased. Well, some of us don't even know what pressure is. Some of us don't understand what pressure is, brothers and sisters. Some of us don't understand what conviction is. Just because somebody changed your radio station isn't conviction. Just because somebody doesn't respect what you believe in. There's people that have hate and want to kill. Some of us don't understand this. Some of us, some of us, we're too soft. And we need help in this, brothers and sisters, because as the times are changing, we need to be prepared as a church to stand up strong and be faithful in the things of God. As the word of God says to look up, we know while we're looking up, God is taking care of everything, our heart's desires. 
if we seek him with all our heart. 2 Corinthians 10.5, I'm sorry, uh, Colossians 2.8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Mirad que ninguno os engaña por filosofías y vanas sustilezas según las tradiciones de los hombres conforme a los elementos del mundo y no según Cristo. See, there's danger here. You know, there used to be a man that would come into towns back in the day and he would come in a wagon and he and he would sell snake oil. You know what snake oil is? It'll heal your bones. It'll take that migraine away. It'll help that toothache. It helped everything. And you see, this man would come here and he would rely on you not to be strong. He would rely on your weaknesses to overcome, your mindset to overcome your decision-making. And see, and God seen this and said, it's going to be a time where you're not going to care and you're just going to accept things. You're just going to accept them. I accept it. Well, it's got to be from God. He mentioned God. You know, we've, we've talked about things in the past. Brother Lorenzo one time gave that message and he was showing a pastor that was cursing as he was reading the Bible. You know, you, I see pastors now and they're wearing, they're wearing shirts of like heavy metal groups, groups that have claimed, you know, satanic things because they think it's hip. I'm shocked. But this is what's coming because it's easier for the devil to hide himself and to take you and focus you more on prosperity. Let's talk about prosperity. You want to be prosperous. You're going to be prosperous, prosperous. You get a car. You get a car. None of that stuff matters if you go to hell. What matters is when you put your eyes on Jesus and your heart's right. God is going to take care of you. God is going to open doors for you. God's going to close doors that should have been closed. Seal them. That's the trust we have in him. That's what we've seen in our God. This is what Jonah had seen all these times he had prophesied. All the times that he brought the word of God and he's seen God act. And then all of a sudden, God tells him to go to his enemy. Four chapters, four chapters. It's not a big book. Read it. Four chapters. Read it. I challenge you to read it. Four chapters. Read it. Where was Jonah's mindset? What hurt him that he couldn't see that God's mercy was beautiful even to his enemies? Because it's been beautiful with you. How beautiful God's mercy and forgiveness is. When you can live in this state where your you, you, your 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 words are, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. 
that my battle's not against flesh and bone, but principalities in the air. When you can live in a mindset that's stronger than But you got to go through the valley. You got to go through this valley. And when you can see God and you can take God's hand in this valley, he will take you to the mountaintop. But this is going to be personal. This was personal. This conversation was with Jonah and God. His mindset, his mindset. His mindset vexed him so much that he would fall asleep at the wheel. We've got to wake up and realize that God is serious in these things. God has called you. If God has called you, you better listen. Because when God calls you, oh man, when God calls you, listen to what I'm telling you. If he's called you, if he's called you, I'm not saying called your family. Don't see, again, see the things from above. If he's called you, then we got to just, we got to just, God, use me, send me, Jesus. Send me. What do you need from me, God? What do you want me to be? Okay, you want me to be faithful. You want me to be strong in these things, God. Okay, I know, God, that right now my family's not aware of these things, but I'm, God, going to be that pillar with your help, Jesus. I'm going to be the example, God. Oh, I tell you one thing, God, God Pastor talked about it on, on Sunday. God will show up when you start talking crazy. Some of y'all don't talk crazy enough. God bless Sister Cindy. She's crazy like us. Some of y'all ain't talking crazy enough. I like to talk crazy. Because it becomes crazy when you start to say things that, that instead of even when you're saying it with doubt, you're starting to say it like it is. Who's this person talking to? I want to play back some cameras and see you looking to your side talking to somebody that like they're there. That's crazy. Because you believe God's going to bring them here. But you're okay right now because God's working on you. You see, God can't bring anybody if you ain't ready. Like I said, we ask for things and we're not even ready for the things we're asking for. Oh, God, bless me, God, bless me, God. And you ain't even building the storehouses to put it in. If you ain't building where the overflow is going to go, how can God bless you? It's because of your mindset. It's because where you're at mentally. You stop at places and don't go past it. You've created ceilings in your life instead of floors to step onto and go to the next area. God is speaking to you tonight. He's tired. He's tired because he sees you and, and, and he sees the pain and he sees the hurt. For some of us that we've been in this for a long time, he wants to do something but our mind's got to be ready for it. Second Corinthians 10, five, I'm going to ask the musicians to pass on up. 
2 Corinthians 2, I'm sorry, 10.5. Sorry, brother. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, I love this, every thought to be, to what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I don't know I don't know if you're taking anything tonight. You might not take anything. You might forget everything. But write this verse down. Listen to what Paul's saying here. Casting down imaginations. Half your battle in your mind is made up. It's not even factual. It's your mind. It's your imagination that is is what you're struggling with. It's not even real. And listen to what it says here. And every high thing, it's not only your imagination, but things that you're putting up higher than God. Oh, there's a whole message to that one on those things that it could be. But I love it here because Paul, Paul who was captive, Paul who was imprisoned, and bringing into captivity, locked down, chain up, chain yourself to the obedience of God. Paul says, lock yourself to him. Where he goes, you go. Your mind will change when you're captive to God. You have no room to be low. When our God is high and lifted up, you have no room to be depressed when we have promises in him. But see, this is the problem, Jonah. You're asleep. You're asleep. And you need to wake up. And you see, Jonah got all the way to the outside of the city, and he saw the city receive what God had commanded him from, and he didn't care. And it's horrible when you get to that point in your life when you don't care, even if good things are happening to people. I don't care. I don't care. I want to be angry. Eh. Because the devil's already got you. And God gave him an opportunity. But his mind, his mind had been overcome. And he wasn't overcoming his mind, controlling his mind with God. And we see here, and it says, to make yourself captive to the obedience of Christ. And we read here in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Oh, that, that, that warrants some Spanish there. Engañoso es el corazón más que todas las cosas. Más que todas las cosas, corazón. Te engaña. More than any, every, everything, your heart's going to deceive you. More than anything. I don't want to hear somebody say, oh, I got a big heart. <laughs> okay, then you got bigger problems. Because you got a bigger chance it's going to deceive you. So even though, oh, I, you know, I got such a good heart. I love kittens. <laughs> Be careful. 
because your heart is the biggest deceiver. But your mind, you see, you have logic and you have feelings. See, that logic reads that word of God and the understanding comes to it. And it's good to have these feelings because we need these feelings to be able to tell us something that God's trying to share with us. But that logic has to come in to control that feeling. The Holy Spirit will use a feeling, but the logic right there will confirm that it's the Holy Spirit. So it says here, and desperately wicked, who can know it? Engañoso es el corazón más que todas las cosas y perverso. Wow. ¿Quién lo conocerá? Pregunta. Who can know it? Question. Because you ain't going to know it unless you have the mind of Christ in you. Tú no lo vas a conocer si si no tienes el mente de Cristo en ti. Siempre te va a engañar. It's always going to confuse you and deceive you. Here I go again. Here I go again. Here I go again. Here I go again. Oh, young sisters here, young brothers here that are so deceived by their heart. Oh, love. Oh, love. Oh, love. If they just looked up. And if they could hear the story of Jonah and see how God prepared and was preparing something, you have no idea. You stay on your apps and looking for stuff. Thirsty. Thirsty. I'm thirsty. Gabby laughs, but she was thirsty too at one time. (laughs) But Ornan quenched her. (laughs) Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. I'm thirsty. But that moment that you fall in love with the king, knowing that the king is bringing you a queen or vice versa. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, God, I want to trust in you because my heart is weak, wicked. It's weak, God. My heart is weak. You are strong. And we read verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doings. Brothers and sisters, our God is good. The moment that we say, God, here's my heart. God, here's my mind, God. Start to control it, God. Renew my mind, God. Establish my ways, God. Take my heart, God, because my heart is everywhere and it's not happy. You can see it's not happy. When I'm in your presence, God, I'm not happy. Jonah was in God's presence. Do we not understand that he was there doing what God had asked him to do after he got spit up? And he wasn't happy. Oh, some of you can be in God's presence and not happy. What a bummer. What a bummer. What a bummer to be in God's presence and not be happy. I don't want to be like that. Because I've been like that. I've struggled in things like that. But it takes you accepting that you need change. It takes you saying, God, I want the change. Bring the change in my life, God. Bring the change in my life. 
I want to change Jesus. And I know it starts here. This will cause these to move. This will cause this to speak. This will cause this to retain. This, this will open this up. Will open this up to see you, God. But the problem is, is when this is shut down, nothing works. Oh, God, open it up for business, God. Open my mind up for business for you, Jesus. I'm tired. I'm tired. I remember. I remember that conversation with God. I'm tired, God. I'm t- what do you mean you're tired, Gabe? You're only 20 years old. I'm tired. 20 years old. I'm tired. I was Jonah at that time. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm my life, you know, I'm paycheck by paycheck, all these different things. I'm tired. Until God spoke to my heart. Until my mind was convinced that it was God. And that the word of God confirmed it. Oh, Jesus, I ask you right now for your spirit to rain down. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters, as we worship God?